For today's word, if you can turn your Bibles to the book of Mark, chapter 4, verses 26 to 29. Book of Mark, or the Gospel of Mark, chapter 4, verses 26 to 29. I'm reading it for you. And he was saying, the kingdom of God is like a man who casts seed upon the soil. And he goes to bed at night and gets up daily. And the seed sprouts and grows. How? He himself does not know. The soil produces crops by itself. First the stalk, then the head, then the mature grain in the head. Now when the crop permits, he immediately puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. Amen. Hallelujah. So last week we learned how God sows into the soil of our heart. How God sows his word into the soil of our heart. And whenever God sows his seed as the word into our heart, he expects that there would be a growth that would happen inside of us. He expects us to mature in him. He expects us to become like Jesus, to rise up into his stature. And today I want to speak on how God expects us to be the sower. Last week we found out that God is the sower and he sows his word in our heart. But today we are going to learn how we are called to be a sower. Look at yourself and say that I'm called to be a sower. I'm called to be a sower. So what does he expect you and me to call? Or what does he expect you and me to sow? He expects us to sow love. His message of hope and life. And sometimes God might even ask us to sow material blessing. Many times I've gone to hotels and uh, there have been times when God would speak to me uh, to tip that waiter more than I would regularly tip him. So that's how God expects us to sometimes even bless others with material blessings. And when we look at God, in spite of all the wickedness that we see around us, in spite of all the horrible things that are happening around us and in the world, we see that God always sends his goodness, sends his goodness. He showers his blessing. He showers his goodness over the good and the bad. He does not restrict it to the believers. He does not restrict to a place where the church is. He does not restrict to a place where his name is being called, but he allows everyone on earth to enjoy his goodness. And that's the reason why we see people are thriving. And that's the reason why we see that people are walking in security. That's the goodness of God over our life. And when we, as the children of God, when we as sons and daughters of God, sow the love of God over 
people over the society that we are living in the community that we are living in then a transformation begins there is a transformation that happens when we take that responsibility to sow those seeds of hope when we take the responsibility to sow the seeds of love to a hurting world god is expecting that we as his children would show that to the world because the world is hurting guys whenever i read through the newspaper or when i listen to the news sometimes it's heartbreaking to hear the news that we get to hear last week maybe you would have come across it was a really really heartbreaking news and i feel god this should change it was from one of the states in india and a little child a girl child of 6 years old was killed her liver taken out was some kind of ritual think about it think about the wickedness that is happening around us is it not our responsibility to stand up right now and show the love of god to reflect the light that god has deposited over our life it is our time it is the time when we have to stand up we don't have to wait for another day we cannot wait for another day from we cannot wait for another day we have we need to hasten guys we need to work hard we need to move fast because there is a world that is hurting outside and in the scripture that we read just now he says that when you spread the seed you don't have to worry about how it would grow because the scripture says that the lord himself will cause that growth let's read that verse once again and he was saying the kingdom of god is like a man who casts seed upon the soil and he goes to the bed at night and gets up daily and the seed sprouts and grows how he himself does not know so as the children of god we don't have to worry when we share the love of god with others how that would bring a transformation in the life of people when we are sharing gospel with somebody when we are sharing the good news with somebody we don't have to worry how that would work inside that person that we have to leave it to god because god is working in everybody's life but the responsibility rests upon us that we have to ensure that we are sharing his love we are sowing fruits of kindness we are sowing fruits of hope that is the responsibility that god has given to us we don't have to be worried or how it would grow the lord says that he would give seed to the sower he gives seed 
to the sower. Let's read Isaiah chapter 55 and verse 10. Isaiah chapter 55 and verse 10. It is written like this here. For as the rain and snow come down from heaven and do not return there without watering the earth and making it produce and sprout and providing seed to the sower and bread to the eater i'll read one more verse second corinthians chapter 9 and verse 10 it says like this now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness now he who supplies listen to this very carefully guys now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply if you have your bibles with you please underline those two words supply and multiply supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness so here we see that god is saying there are two kinds of people there are two kinds of people who are these two people one he is the sower and the second person he is an eater the first person who is he he is a sower and the second guy is an eater so i want to ask this question to you who are you are you a sower or are you an eater a sower is a person who sows the love of god a sower is the person who sows the blessings of god over others a sower is a person who who takes responsibility in the kingdom of god and he is saying that i god whatever i have with me whatever little i have with me i am ready to use it for your glory for your purposes and that's something that we see in the scripture over and over again when god said uh, when jesus said said to his disciples go and find out food for all these people who have gathered the disciples didn't have the faith but then they just go out there they find this boy with two uh, two loaves of five uh, sorry two fish and five loaves or whatever be that number right so he goes and finds that person and what does this what does jesus do then he says that give it to me and i will multiply it he had only little in his hand and when he was ready to give it to god there was a multiplication there was an there was an exponential increase when he gave that what he had with god to god and that's what the lord is expecting out of us that's what the lord is asking us to do be a sower be a person who gives and what is what about this guy yeah, eater this guy eater is always asking god god bless me God give me that thing God give me that car God give me that house God give me that job 
There is nothing wrong in asking God for all these things. Uh, you, you, if you want to pray for it, please go ahead and pray for it. But if that is the only thing that we do, then there is something wrong with us. Because God calls us as his children. See, the identity changes everything. Right? When I have a guest at my home or guest in my home, he does not have the same kind of responsibility and the rights as my kids would do, as my children would do. Right? So, as children, God has a greater responsibility. God expects a greater responsibility from us. Because he wants us to take, take that position of being his sons and daughters and do what is required of that position. We cannot stay as eaters. So many times in the church we can find people being there for 20 years, 30 years or 15 years, but they still stay in the status of eater. They're still praying, God, give me that. Bless my kids. Bless my house. Give my son a good job in US. Give my daughter a, 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 a seat, in med, a, a medical seat. Get my son. My son is doing his engineering. Help him somehow to finish it off. He has got 15 areas. That's the mentality of a so sorry, that's the mentality of an eater. He's always craving for craving things for himself or herself. They're not ready to part. They what they do is this: they hoard things. What is hoarding? They they're so fearful. They don't know if they were they would have food for the next day. So what do they do? They hoard it thinking that tomorrow they might not even get food. So hold it and they keep on holding. And then I found this fascinating, guys. I think it happens in every home. It has happened in my home as well. Sometimes we buy stuff, right? And after two or three days, we are not even using it. How many of us have done that? I have done it so many times. Right? We buy stuff and we... We fill our shelf with things which are not needed. After uh, 10 years, 15 years, we look back and we, when we are cleaning up our shelf, we find this thing which has uh, crossed, its, crossed its expiry date. It would have been there for 10, 15 years and we look, oh, it was made in, uh, made in the year 2005. And at that time, when we were in the supermarket, we were like, man, this is the thing that I was searching for. This is the thing that I was searching for. And we hold stuff. And that is being an eater. A sower, he makes sure there is things that he needs for his family, for himself. He stores it. Whatever he needs, he stores it 
But what else does he do? He takes the best seed out of it. Listen to me carefully, guys. He takes the best seed out of it and he keeps it for another harvest. He takes the best seed of his current harvest. He does not take the half dead one, the dead ones. He doesn't do that. What he does is that he takes the best out of the lot and then he uses it for the next harvest. See, that is something that God wants us to do. When God is asking us to give, how many times or are we ready to part with the best? When we are giving our time, how do we give time to the Lord? Do we give our time when, uh, when we have time after we have done all those things that we want to do? Or do we say like this, God, this is the best time that I have in a day for my life. I would like to give it to you. What do we do? When God is materially blessing us, what do we do then? Do we take that material blessing and give it to someone who is in need? Guys, listen to this. If you are being a sower, this is what the Lord is going to do. Remember the words, the words that I asked you to underline? What does it say? He will supply and multiply. So as a sower, when you are ready to sow it, to give it off, and when you are giving, what should you give? Not the torn jeans or torn clothes. Not the ones that you have been using it for 100 uh, days continuously and then you give it to somebody. You give the best. If the Lord has showered and given his best to you, what is our responsibility? What is our mindset when it comes to giving. We need to give our best. We need to give our best because if we are ready to part with our best, the Lord is saying that I will supply and I will make sure that I will multiply what I'm giving to you. So it might be your material blessing. It might be your time. If you're saying that, God, I don't have time and you're saying, God, I will give the best time that I have with me to you. The Lord will multiply the time. God will give you the strategies how to use your time efficiently. If you're saying that, Lord, this is what I have. Listen to that story that Jesus says. He was one day in the temple and then he sees two people. One, a lady who's poor. She walks into the temple. What she has is two coins with her. And there is another guy 
a tax collector, a rich person. And he comes to the temple. Both of them make an offering. But the one that gets accepted in the eyes of Jesus is the one that was given by the lady. What does Jesus say about her? He says like this, that she gave what she had. The, the rich guy, he gave it out of his abundance. Out of his riches. But this lady, with what little she had, maybe all that she had that day was the two little coins in her hand. But she said, God, the best that I have with me in my hand right now, I'm giving it to you. Let me tell you guys, this is what the Lord is asking you and me to do today. Look at your hands and see what do you have. You might be saying that, Lord, I don't have great talent. Lord, I don't have great skills. I'm not great in my wisdom or my intelligence. I'm not great in my knowledge. But what I have is this little and I'm offering it to you. If we are ready to do that, the Lord is ready to multiply it. The Lord is ready to do something that your eyes have never seen. That's the promise of the Lord. So how do I become efficient as a sower? What are the requirements of a good sower? I'm going to share three things to you. And I believe these three things will definitely and certainly change your life. The first thing is discipline. The first thing is discipline. I know it's a simple term. We have been hearing it a lot. But let me tell you, there is a lot we can, the more we try to understand this verse, the more depth we can get into. It speaks a lot of things. The word discipline speaks a lot of things. And we'll try to understand that. Why do I need discipline? I need discipline because I need to store. My grandfather and even my father, uh, both of them were good farmers. They loved the soil. Uh, my father, may, maybe you would remember uh, me saying this even before, that my father would wake up early every day because he loved his plants, his, his corpse. Uh, he would wake up every day and he would spend time in the presence of God. He would pray uh, he, uh, and he would also worship God and then he would step out into his field. And... Uh, uh, and there would be a time of harvest. And what both of them would do is this. They would take the best. My father was into uh, farming banana plantain. And my uh, grandfather, he was uh, into um, uh, paddy fields. Like uh, 
growing rice. Right? And both of them would do this every year. I would see them. They would take the best and they would store it. They would keep it away. And when I would ask them, why do you do that? They would say that if you need the best in your harvest, then you store the best. Listen to that, guys. If you need the best coming out of your harvest, you need to store the best for that harvest. And that's what they would do every year. Every year. So, they, they would not use something which is unproductive. And it's easy to find which is unproductive. The seed that settles down, that is, especially when my grandfather, he, when he used to uh, uh, grow this rice or paddy, uh, this thing, so uh, he would take these things and he would store it. It is, it is easy to find it out. If we have eternity in our mind, do we give our best to the Lord? Sometimes in our schools, uh, when we are in our school or in our college, I've often seen uh, people crib. I myself have done that. I used to wonder why did why do we call the school? It should be uh, termed as a torture chamber or something. <laughs> Every day you have to go there wearing the same dress. And then you face the same teachers every day. And sometimes there are, you, you don't have any other option. Sometimes you know some of these teachers are boring, right? How many of, how many of you had such kind of teachers? When you had, <laughs> you, you wished they would take a long leave and stay in their home, right? It becomes like a torture chamber. But let me tell you, if we could change our perspective, if we could change our perspective, I wish I had this perspective when I was in my school or in my college. See the, the days and the years that you are spending in that school or college is actually an investment to your future. It is an investment to your future. Our studies are not bad. Our academics are not bad. See, what we need to look forward is for a balanced growth. We need to be good in our studies. We need to be good in our, uh, in our athletics or in our sports, whatever be it. And sometimes we are in, in our workplaces as well. And we are wondering, why am I even here? Why am I working for this company? Why am I under this boss? God, didn't you find somebody else who's more loving? Didn't you find somebody more like you to be my boss? Do you know... 
the reason why you have nasty boss or a leader above you so that you and i will become christ like sometimes we have friction with our leaders sometimes we have fights with our leaders it happens everywhere but let me tell you all those people are there for a purpose to make you a better person they are investing into your life sometimes you come across people who are hard to work with the reason why god puts them there is because god wants you to grow not because god wants to punish you but god wants you to grow look at yourself and say or think about that person who is annoying you day and night think about that person right now and say that person is there for a reason that person is there for a reason amen take every day as your investment every day every moment of your day as an investment into your future when you are studying when you are working no matter what you are doing every day is actually an investment into your future and then you need to prepare the soil of your heart and your hands for sowing the first thing is the discipline of storing the second is discipline of preparing the third is discipline of sowing storing preparing and sowing we need to discipline to understand the season that we are in what is the season that you are in today if we are oblivious to it if we don't keep it in consideration this is what would happen if you are oblivious to it then we might sow in the harvest time and wait for the harvest during the sowing time let me repeat it for you again if we are oblivious to the season that we are in then we might sow in the harvest time and wait for the harvest during the sowing time we need to recognize what is my season so how do i recognize it see the sowing time is the hardest season it's not a joyful thing every day waking up early than everyone else when everyone else is comfortably sleeping under their blanket you wake up one hour before them and then you prepare yourself you take that cloth you get into field and you start working in that field it's not easy how do i recognize when is my sowing time when things are hardest are you going through difficult season right now are you going through tough days right now then let me tell you it's your sowing time 
are you fighting with this thought god am i in the right place am i doing the right stuff guys let me tell you if you have that thought that time that season is your season to sow don't let it go unrecognized don't miss it for anything in this world when you know that you are you are having challenges one after the another that's the time we need to be aware that this is my time to sow this is the time when i have to spread my seed this is the time when i have to look unto the lord and draw the strength from him we will be sweating it out we will be under the scorching sun we will get your we will get our skin bruised but that's the time to sow your emotions will be attacked your emotions will be dried you will not be you will not have the strength to move another day but let me tell you if you can hold on if you can if you can stand over there and do what the lord is asking you to do let me tell you there is a harvest that is coming for you where you will jump for joy you will jump for joy listen to this psalms 126 verse 5 guys listen to this verse this is very important psalms 126 and verse 5 says like this those who saw in tears shall reap with joyful shouting wow that's the promise of god over your life those who saw in tears shall reap with joyful shouting today you might be going through tough times today you might be going through difficult days but there is a day that is coming for you where your morning will be transformed into dancing that's the promise of god over your life don't give up keep running keep pursuing the things that the lord is asking you to pursue don't let any challenge don't let any kind of difficulty stop you from sowing what the lord is asking you to do today build your faith if this is the season for you to sow build your faith build your skills build your gifting more than that more than all these things guys build your character if you can build your character every skill every every gifting every faith every every act of faith it will produce even more result if the character is right build your character build your character and don't wait for the right opportunities to come when you are sowing don't wait for the right opportunity to come listen to this ecclesiastes chapter 11 and verse 4 ecclesiastes chapter 11 and verse 4 here it says like this one who watches the wind will not sow and one who looks at the cloud will not harvest let me read it for you once again one who watches the wind will not sow and one who looks at the cloud will not harvest here king solomon talks about a person who is looking at the clouds every day 
He is looking whether if it is going to rain. That person will not have harvest because he depends on the right circumstances. Oh, today is windy, so I won't snow. I won't sow. Oh, today is raining. I won't sow. What's the point in snow in sowing if it is going to rain? He is thinking only when the wind stops, and the wind and when the rain stops, I will sow the seeds. See, we will have challenges in our life. We will have challenges in our life. We will. We have. What we need to do is we need to overcome all those thoughts. We need to overcome those those difficulties, and we need to sow. We need to do what we are supposed to do. Don't wait for right circumstances. Don't wait for that one crore lottery. Don't wait for that. Don't wait for somebody to give you a position. Don't wait for somebody to come to you and say that this is what you need to do. You go out and do what you are supposed to do. And when you do that, you can ask people. You can ask your leaders. You can ask your mentors. You can ask people who are who are investing into your life. Tell them, okay, I'm a, I'm planning for something like this. What is your opinion? But don't wait for right circumstances. Right circumstances will never come, and that's a mistake that I did in my life. I thought that there is a right circumstance for everything to happen, but then I had to change that mindset. I said, whatever be the season, whatever be the time that I am right now, I know I. If the Lord is telling me, if the Lord is telling me this is the season that you are in winner, then I need to work on it. I need to work on it. The second thing that we need to do to become an efficient sower is to persevere. Persevere. Go through. Fight through. There are bugs and insects that will try to eat away your harvest. We need to be aware of that and apply the insecticides at the right time. Don't get soft with them. Don't get soft with the bugs and the insects that you see in your life. What are these bugs? The bugs are the lies that the enemy puts into your mind. Getting bored easily. I'm bored of doing this. Give me something exciting to do. I'm not really into it now. I failed the last time, so why bother? I might as fail this time, so why bother doing all those things? Those are the lies the enemy is speaking into your mind. Take those bugs out of it. Take those bugs out of it today. And laziness is another bug that we all struggle with. And let me tell you, even greater than this, there is another evil. It's called procrastination. We delay our actions, our steps that we need to take, saying tomorrow is the best day. We say tomorrow is the best day. Oh, when do I study? I'll study tomorrow. When do I search for a job? I'll do it tomorrow. 
when do I start my business? I will do it tomorrow. No, tomorrow is not for you. What you have is today. Recognize that. See, laziness and procrastination are interrelated and are cyclical. A person procrastinates because he, he or she is lazy. And that same laziness makes that person procrastinate. Let me tell that again. Laziness and procrastination are interrelated and are cyclical. A person procrastinates because he or she is lazy and the same laziness makes that person procrastinate. Right? We need to persevere. We need to build, build that character of persevering, of fighting through. We cannot give up easily. No matter how many times you fall, you just keep climbing. You don't give up. Just keep climbing because you want to reach your destination. You want to achieve the call of God over your life. See, how do I overcome procrastination? This is what you need to do. There is a, understand this, there's a great pleasure that comes with performing and completing tasks. So begin with one task a day. Don't try to bring 100 things, but begin with one task a day. Write it down somewhere. It can be in your mobile. It can be in, your, uh, in a place where you, you regularly see it. You can write it down, uh, write it down and make sure that at the end of the day, you have completed it. An enemy to completing task is the traversing thoughts that we have. It's the thought just that takes us away to, uh, uh, for a ride all around the world, right? See how many times, let me, let me, let me share this real and uh, um, practical example. How many times have we taken our mobiles to reply to someone or do something which, is, which was important and then we see a notification from another app. We see a notification from another app for an offer and we click on that. Soon what happens? Soon we are getting far away from what we took the phone for. And sometimes I see people just filling their mobiles with applications. There would be 100 applications and, and notification would be on for all these 100 applications. Let me tell you what is going to happen to you. This is what is going to happen to you. When you're doing that, you are preparing yourself for distraction. You're preparing yourself for distraction. So take every unnecessary apps away from your mobile. Put what is required or turn off those notifications because you cannot 
allow distractions to destroy your future remember god wants you to be a efficient sower distractions can kill the call of god over your life distractions can kill what god has appointed for you we need to overcome every distractions that we come across in our life what is the call of god over your life what is the destiny that god is having for you do you allow those distractions to take your focus away from god or do you look forward focus at what god is asking you to follow and that's something that we need to do it applies to our life take those unnecessary things that are taking our focus away from completing our task every day we need to wake up with a name and a goal the aim is not to bind watch series or movies in netflix or youtube or wherever and there are times when we have conversations late into night right sometimes we can sit late night chatting with our friends and we are thinking oh what's the big deal about it let me tell you this is what happens when we sit late the next day when you wake up you're exhausted right how many of us have done that you watched a movie late into night or you use you chat you were chatting with your friends and you didn't know when the time just went off and the next and then you see the clock and it's somewhere around 3 o'clock you sleep at that time the next day 10 o'clock morning you are you you don't have the strength to wake up take those distractions away from your life get the discipline of sleeping early and on time and if you are sitting late night make sure that you are doing something worthwhile make sure you sitting you are doing something worthwhile fight those bugs that steal your destiny don't let them take you farther away from the call of god there is a vision that you need to fulfill the devil will try his best to take it from you persevere his attacks you need to know what he is using to attack so we, we all need to be aware of it in first peter chapter 5 and verse 8 it says like this be sober i'm reading it from the amplified version it says like this be sober well balanced and self disciplined listen to it guys well balanced and self disciplined be alert and cautious at all times the enemy of yours the devil prowls around like a roaring lion fiercely hungry seeking someone to devour he is looking out and he is looking out for that opportune time to kill the destiny that god has for you don't allow him to destroy the destiny that god has for you with perseverance we can please god and do the will of god with perseverance we can be successful in what we do 
The third thing to be an efficient sower is this. Have an expectation. Desire for a result. Have an expectation, guys. Have an expectation for your life. Have a desire for your life. Be ambitious. We need to have that. What is your intended result for what you are doing right now? When you are watching that movie continuously, try to understand what would it lead to? What good thing will it add into my life? Are you building something for the sake of building? Am I doing something mundanely, every day, as a mundane job? You don't know why you are doing it, but every day I'm coming to the office because my boss has called me to the office. I am working for him because I don't have anything else to do. I don't have any other source of income, so I'm working here. What is our mindset? What's our mindset? Do we have a plan for our building? Are we intentional about building something? Are we intentional? If we are intentional, we will give our best to it. When we have an objective, listen to this guys carefully. When we have an aim or an objective, it keeps us on track. We have less opportunity to derail and fail. When you have your focus fixed on something, these are the benefits. You, your chances of going off track is reduced when you have focus. See, sometimes, uh, or when the Lord asked us to start this service in Nagakoil, it has been five years that we've started this service. There have been numerous times when we wanted to give up. As a family, we wanted to give up. We, was, we were telling each other, I don't, how, we don't know how much more we can hold on to this. But there were two things that God gave us and that helped us to stay focused. The first thing was revival. The second thing was youngsters. These were the two promises that God gave us. He said that there is going to be a revival that would come from the, from, from the, from the bottom part of India. And Nagakoil happens to be that. There's going to be a revival fire that will spread from there. We hold on to that promise. And the second promise that the Lord said is that God, the Lord is going to raise an army of youngsters in that land. And today we are seeing that. If we had not focused on those two promises, by now Nagakoil Church would have been in history. Nagakoil Church would have been, uh, would have been, uh, has been. It existed five years before. It existed two years before. It was functioning three years before. If we didn't have that focus. 
If we didn't hold on to that promise of God. Even today the reason why we are holding on to this promise. Is because we believe in the promise of God. We believe in the word of the Lord. That the Lord is going to cause an increase to this work. The Lord is going to cause an increase. It is not our strength. It is not our might. It is by the spirit of the Lord. The spirit of the Lord will work his way. The spirit of the Lord will expand his work. It's not my church that we are building. It's not our church that we are building. It's the body of Christ that we are building in that land. And God will definitely do that. Why do I know that? And let me tell you guys, this is a promise that I want to tell you as well. If you're going through struggles, if you're going through difficulties... And if you have a promise of from the Lord, hold on to those promises. Hold on to those prophecies. Because the Lord says in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20, listen to this. If you can take your Bible, if you can mark it, it would be beneficial for you. It will be good for you. It will help you when you're going through the toughest times of your life. It will help you when you're going through the toughest season of your life. It says like this, now to him who's able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us. Now to him who, who is able to do immeasurably more than we immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. Listen to this guy. Listen to this. This is the promise of God over your life. This is the promise of God over your over the word of God that has come, that has been spoken over your life. He is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine. Look at yourself and say, "My God is able to do." immeasurably more than what I ask or I have imagined according to his power that is working in me. The power of God is working in you. The spirit of God is working in you. The Lord will fulfill the promises over your life. The Lord will bring into pass all those prophecies that has been spoken over you. Don't get worried. What you are sowing today, what you, are, what you are spreading across today, let me tell you, there is a harvest that is waiting for you. Don't give up on that harvest because there are some difficulties. Hold on to those promises of God. And remember this, the Lord is working in you and he will do things that will blow your mind away. Amen. Can we all bow down our head and pray and seek the Lord? Father, I pray that, Lord, if there is anyone who's listening to me and, Lord, you have spoken a word over them, you have prophesied over them, you have given your word, you have given your promises to them, O oh God. I pray, Father, that, Lord, they would have the strength, O oh God, to, to seek and hold on when challenges come across them, when difficulties are laid before them, Lord, they will stand strong. 
and they will pass through, O oh Father, because your word says that even though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, you are there with me. Lord, you comfort us. Lord, you guide us when we are going through the deepest and the darkest valleys of our life. And you bring us to a place of expanse. You bring us to a place of abundance because you are a good father. You are a good father. I thank you, Lord, for all these precious lives. I bless them, O God. And let all your promises be revealed and be fulfilled in their life. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Amen, amen.